You are listening to the Photobomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Hello, Boo Ray. What is that voice you're doing? It's my new radio voice. Is that your new radio voice? You get so many compliments <laughs> on how smooth your voice is that I wanted to create a, a kind of a juxtaposition of a, yeah. a foil to that. It so sounds a little bit like Grover from Sesame Street. I was going for uh, Batman in the Dark Knight films. It's a cross between Grover and Batman. <clears throat> Quick, give us a letter of the day as Batman. The letter of the day? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Today's letter is A. <laughs> Why are you taking my voice? So, because you, you already because, have a voice. Yes, but you acted like you didn't know what to do. Fine. Okay. I, I just I had to. I haven't watched Sesame Street in thirty years. Hold on. <clears throat> and today is a letter. No. Is, no. <laughs> no. 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 By the way, by the way, you're not going to be able to say that you haven't watched Sesame Street in thirty years soon because I soon know. it will be able to continuous loop in your house. Ellie is actually starting to get attracted to the television. Yeah. Um, like she'll watch it for a few minutes, just staring at it. And so, um, which is great because once she watches TV, I don't have to parent anymore. Right. So that's where I can just put her in front of the TV and totally ignore her, which would be really cool. So I go back to my life like before I had right. a kid. Let me just say, let me just say this to you. Fruit salad. Yummy, yummy. Now you're saying, I don't know what you're doing, but let's uh, just put that, write that down somewhere. Fruit salad. Yummy, yummy. Sounds totally different than what you're saying. Because it's to coming. Me, it's coming. <laughs> no, me, I'm just saying. Do you know what a fruit salad is? Fruit salad anyway. is... Anyone who has kids right now knows exactly what I'm talking about. Fruit salad, yummy, yummy. See, to me, a fruit salad is when you take your junk and <laughs> moon somebody <laughs> with your junk between the back of your legs so when you moon them, they get the whole thing. That's called a fruit salad. That is so not even appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you doing? I, that's when you said fruit salad, yummy, yummy. That's what popped into my head. All right. <laughs> All right. I I. Okay. I personally, I think of a nice fruit salad with perhaps some bananas and some watermelon, maybe some strawberry. But you're going to go with the junk between your legs. The word of the day <laughs> is fruit salad. Fruit salad. <laughs> so I guess we'll 86 the Batman radio voice. Okay. Yes, because your voice is fine, by the way. I listen to the podcast, and I'm impressed with the way that you sound. You know what's funny? Uh, we, I have some friends that listen to the show that are not photographers. Let's be is, honest. The only people who listen to I the have show a friend, are friends of ours. I have a wife who listens to the yeah. you know, I have a few, uh, few friends who listen that aren't photographers, and um, one of them I want to mention is uh, my friend Monica, who uh, listens, uh, and she said, Gary, you have, you have a pleasant voice. Yeah, you have a good never, voice. And, um. And I really, I, you know, that meant a lot to me after all of the, the Boo-Ray love I've been No, getting. I don't get that. I don't understand that. Because even the podcast where you talked about that, I was listening to that podcast, and I, and I, uh, I turned to Bobby, who was tied to the chair next to me, forced to listen as well. <laughs> and I said, I don't, you know, if I listen to us, uh, you sound just like a radio guy to me, too. So I don't understand where that comes from. You know, we should do the dynamic, like, you'll be the straight guy, and I'll be the, uh, the pumped-up oh, radio yeah. sidekick. <laughs> Wouldn't that it's be wild a, and wacky, wild Willie, on Saturday morning, coming at you with more music. <laughs> coming up this hour, Matchbox 20. We're going to have the weather on the 9s and the 10s, and also some news coming up at 30 past. Right now, let's check in with the helicopter pilot. How's it going? <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be that guy. That was the guy I wanted to be when I really? first started. Yeah. That's the worst guy. I know. Especially the on guy. the off-color radio programs and, like, the wacky wow. guys. Wow. You ever seen um, on uh, Parks and Rec with a a Amy Poehler and they have yes. the, the guys, it's something, the, the douche and somebody else, I forget who the radio <laughs> show, and it's just they're like, <laughs> you yeah, know, just, exactly. and people love it, you know. It's the lowest common denominator, so we're not going to pander to that at no, all. No, we're going to be pandering. <laughs> and when I say pandering, do you think of something else involving your junk? 
I'm just saying, because it seems to me anytime I have a word, there's something involving your junk It involved. seems to me like anytime I have a word, you've never heard of it before. Yes, but my junk doesn't enter into it. <laughs> That's what she said? <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> this show is going down All right. real fast. Let's check in with the news girl. Okay, so uh, here's what I want to talk about today. First, I'm going to take a sip of coffee here. Mm. <sighs> coffee. All right, so here's what I want to talk about today. <clears throat> is it hazelnut? About, I want to talk about digital artists. What about people who work... In, uh, in Photoshop and in Corel Paint. So here's a thing that I notice and I wonder about, okay? And that is that there are people who take a photograph and then they take it into uh, Paint Shop or whatever and they work paint on shop? it. Uh, whatever it is. Paint Shop? <laughs> paint Shop, Photoshop. I'm not one of those guys. And they spend all this time turning it into something that looks like a painting. Those are pretty cool. Right, they're very cool. And then people put them in their homes. It's fantastic. Okay. Now, what I wonder about is, why is it that those people still primarily identify themselves as photographers when the bulk of what they do is really digital manipulation? And let me also say, before we go down that road, I am not saying that I am offended by it or anything in any way, shape, or form. I simply find it interesting that they don't seem to own what it is that they really are good at. I can't do that. I can't do what they do, okay? So I'm not, it doesn't bother me that they call themselves photographers, but I wonder why is it, is it that they call them, that they still say, you know, I'm a photographer. When I look at their work, I go, well, I mean, yeah, you, I guess you started with a picture, but yeah, I mean, a, a watercolor artist starts with a sketch, but he doesn't call himself a sketch artist. He calls himself a watercolor artist. It's the finished product that he identifies himself by. Mm-hmm. But yet people who spend a lot of time to create these, to create these uh, pictures in uh, Photoshop and Corel Painter, where it looks like a painting, they'll say, I'm a photographer. And when you look at it, you think, what you really are is a digital painter and a damn good one. And, 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 you know, and you should be proud of it, but yet they still say, I'm a photographer. I think there are a couple of, uh, a couple of things that bring to bear on that. <clears throat> One of them is that I, I, I'm just, as you're talking, I'm thinking of the people that I know who do that. And right. I know plenty of people who do that. And I can't think of a single one that wasn't a photographer before that was a possibility. That before there was Corel Painter, before there was Photoshop. You know, or at least before it can do what it can do now, before digitally painting photos was even a thing. And so, you know, people used to shoot in, in the days when film was, was the main medium. And so, to me, remember you told, you, you told the story about when we were talking about dreams, how you, got, how you have a recurring dream about being locked yeah, my out panic, of the singer. My panic dream is the song is ending and I can't get into the studio to, to, to talk or whatever. But you haven't been a radio DJ for years. No, but that's still my panic dream. But now. will a part of you always be a radio guy? I would say, uh, yeah, but yeah, I was talking about this recently. Even recently, I have, I have started to come to terms with the idea that when people ask me, what are you or who are you? What is it that is, you know, what, what are you? And I say, I'm a photographer. Whereas for years it was, well, I was a disc jockey for 20 years and now I'm a photographer. Because to me, in my mind, I was always a DJ first. But that took a long time. It took a long time, yeah. It took, it took eight or nine years before I finally started saying, I'm a photographer. Now match that with a profession or a skill set that is in, in its infancy. Right. And, and but do you think it really is in its infancy? I really do. I think that the stuff that we're going to be capable of in 10 years, think about what photography and digital manipulation was 10, 15 years ago. Nothing on what it is right now. I mean, it's just, and it's everywhere, and you don't even know that it's there. Here's a good example. When uh, we get headshot clients in the studio all the time, 
and now it's almost every single one is like, oh, we're going to cut it out and put it on a different background. Like it's almost expected by people who are not even photographers that you're going to shoot it in a way so that it can be digitally manipulated later. Wow. It used to be, it used to be, okay, we have to get a background that matches your company's branding so that when we photograph it, we'll, it'll match what's on your website and we have to get everybody in and shoot everybody exactly the same. And now I get, I have clients who have offices all over the country and they'll send you a little thing that says, okay, when you cut the image out of the background, this is the color background you put in its place before you send the image over to us. Do they I expect mean, you to do that? Do they expect you to cut it out and put the background in its place before you send it? Yeah, it's included. I mean, I, it takes, that's the thing is, with digital, with with uh, Photoshop and stuff the way it is now, it takes ten seconds if you shoot it properly. Right. It's really it's not even a big deal anymore. It used to be a thing where you had to take like the pen tool and right. draw lines around the image, and cutting something out of the background was a painstaking process. Now with like the quick selection tool and the background eraser and the paint bucket tool, like there's so many things that you can do that just a background just vaporizes, and you can even get like all the little hairs and the spaces in between little hairs and make it look perfect. And that's expected now. That's how much digital manipulation has changed in the last 15 years. And who knows where it's going to be in another 15. But that sort of digital manipulation is on the outside. It's probably 20 years old. Okay. Photography is from the you know mid-late 1800s. And yeah. it goes back as far as China 2,000 years ago with a camera obscura. But, I mean, photography in its modern form is, you know, a couple of hundred years old almost. It's like 100 and whatever. Um, but digital manipulation is 20, 25, maybe depending. I don't know when the first Photoshop version came out in the nineties, certainly. And so there's not like a word for it yet. There's not like a, a job title with that description yet. I mean, I guess you could say, even if you were applying for that job, what is that job called? It's like four words. It's like, um, professional digital digital uh artist or something there's right. no there's no word just photographer right and photographer has become so you think so it's a broad. semantic issue i think that that's part of it the other issue is on the flip side of that is if you're setting up shop to be a business where you do that kind of work if you're a consumer looking for a person who does that type of work you don't go to google and type in digital artist you go to google and you look for a photographer or you would look for an artist or a painter possibly if you were looking for an actual painting but you certainly wouldn't type in professional digital artist and image manipulator right and that's where i'm at i think that it's partly because people who do it were photographers primarily for before that was even a possibility and partly because it's so new there's not even really a cool word for it yet you know i think that that's i think that's got a lot to do with it i think that you also though are seeing that there is some animosity there's a little bit and i think that flows both ways i think there's photographers who think that the digital artists who take a picture with their iPhone and then create something incredible and say, I'm a photographer, they're like, no, you know, you didn't like that correctly. You didn't, you know, and then you, you did everything in Photoshop. You're a digital artist and, and don't call yourself a photographer. And I think there's digital artists who would be very upset if a photographer who took a great picture, did everything right, and then just went in and made a few touch-ups in Photoshop, started calling themselves a digital artist. They would be like, no, you're not. Come on, look at what I do and then look at what you do. I think we should line them all up in two separate lines. And then we should do the dollar dance like on a cruise. <laughs> dollar, 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 dollar. Like everybody a just hang it out. Royale. We'll dance it out. We learned from flat, uh, uh, Footloose years ago with Kevin Bacon that when you have animosity, when you're torn up inside, <laughs> the only way to get it out, the only way to feel better is what? You got to dance it out, man. Yes, but I would, also argue, I would also argue that the digital artists get to play in both worlds and the photographers don't. 
I don't think that that's true. In a competition, a digital artist can enter into any category just about, whereas a photographer can't enter into if the digital talk, artist category. If you want to talk about image competition, I really think that the technology has gotten ahead of it, and they don't know what to do with it yet. And without, we could go and you and I. Can oh, go we're not going there yet because we go have to, if we do that, we have to start at the very beginning of the podcast. Yeah, we're going to go down that road. Show. We're going to go down that road. It's going to be at least a two-parter. We're going to talk right. about uh, that. But the bottom line for me is that the technology has gone quickly ahead of the the institution. Right. And I think that it's still playing catch like up. Like in golf when they came do. up with the super monster heads on the drivers that hit the ball an extra 50 yards, and it took them a few years to catch up and start changing the rules and making the golf courses longer. Right, and, and you know, pushing the tees back a little yeah, bit Yeah, because yeah. it was like, oh, my goodness, now everybody's out, you know, yeah. And I, I think you're right about that, too. I, 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 I think that, let me just say, to the digital artists, you know, you guys need to get together, you need to have a meeting, you need to come up with a really cool term for what you do, and you need to embrace it, and you need to celebrate it, and you need to educate the public to the point to where they see what you do, they recognize it as a, as a legitimate, great artistic form, and they want it. Because what you do is incredible. You I can't that, do it, I wish I, I could do it. Do you think that you and I are so out of that world in what we do, that they maybe already have a word for it, and we, they just, might. Don't, and we just don't know And we don't even is. know it. Right now, someone's going, what are you talking about? We do. We had a, At the convention just last year, we figured out a word. <laughs> yeah. At Photoshop World, everybody got together. Scott Kelby was presiding over the meeting, yes. and they decided that they're just going to go with photographer, because why? <laughs> because screw you. <laughs> because it's going to piss us off. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, dude, dollar dance. Line I'm everybody saying. up. Think about like Greece, you know, where everybody dances down the middle of the column, right. you know? We're just going to do that. We're just going to dance it off, and then everybody will be cool. Never dance it work. out. Dan- why not? Ne- because photographers naturally. You're right. Hate where are we going to find a place that big? That's true. That's true. I'm just saying, again, that what they do is incredible, and I think that they should really own it. I agree 100%, but that's something that's just going to come. With time. With time. Right. It's not something that you can force, you know? It's it's almost like, do you know um what, what at a restaurant, what the wine expert is called? The sommelier? Sommelier. Right. Some, something. Sommelier. I don't know. Some word that uh, I you, can't pronounce. You, you <clears throat> Americans with your wine. I am French and I do not care. I blow cigarettes in your face. I have not bathed in three days and I like to smoke. <laughs> anyway. Welcome to Paris. The sommelier. What's your example? They, um, You know how craft beer has become so popular? Right. That you go to a, a restaurant or a bar now, and instead of like five types of beer, there's 500. I've actually been with a friend, and you go into a bar, and they've got 15 beers on draft, and it's like, man, their beer selection's kind of small. I'm like, <laughs> maybe you weren't drinking in the 90s like I was, right. but you know, or where was Bud? <laughs> Bud? You want Bud, Miller, or Schlitz? Yeah. <laughs> what part of the country were you in? <laughs> Pat Blue Ribbon, Schlitz, or my favorite. Meisterbrow. Sometimes for they kept Heineken underneath the counter for the yeah, fancy yeah, boys. Yeah, for the fancy guys. Yeah, but that's about it. You know, I mean, it was literally Bud Light, Miller Light, Heineken, and every once in a while you'd see like a Yingling or something like that somewhere. Right. But now it's. But the point is that craft beer has become so popular and so wide and microbrews. There's thousands and thousands of different beers out there and different types. And there's saisons and there's IPAs and double IPAs and whatever the Scotch ales and there's a billion kinds of beers out there and. They've actually had to come up with a word for a beer expert at a restaurant. Right. Because they can't use sommelier because that is, you know, and that you're going to take off the sommelier. So it's called a Cicerone. A Cicerone? Cicerone. And there's a company. Isn't that like a bad um, Italian car, the Cicerone? <laughs> like in the 90s, wasn't the Cicerone? I don't know. I, maybe. I, that sounds very much like there was like an Italian car, the Cicerone. Well, um, I don't have any specific knowledge. Okay. But, so a Cicerone is like a beer expert. I think I'm saying it right. There's a beer expert. 
Um, but that didn't that that didn't just evolve naturally in them. That started out because there was a specific company that said, and they created a whole program of certification. All right. And now that's their business. That's what they do is they certify people as a cicerone. And that's kind of an interesting way of looking at it is saying like. It's, it would be up to maybe one of our associations, one of our groups, whether it be Photoshop World or whether it be WPPI or PPA, to sort of come up with something for that that we could say, you know, we're going to officially separate these two categories. But again, you get into the part where art is so subjective that I don't think you should – I think it's maybe at this point it's up to each individual person to decide what they want to call themselves. Our good friend uh, Lisa Hatcher, right, is, does right. A, lot of, a lot of different types of work. And so sometimes she works everything in camera and puts together elaborate sets, and sometimes she's digitally manipulating stuff. But she calls herself a surrealist. Right, right. And her primary medium is photography and then digital art on top of the photography. But I think that's a really cool word for what she does. Yeah, it is a cool word, especially if if you've seen her work. It's a good description of what she does. Absolutely. And Gregory Daniel, our friend in Titusville, he calls himself a uh, mixed-media portrait artist. Well, see, there you go. He's embracing it. Right, but that is a marketing tactic. Because do you remember when it used to be cool to tell people you were a photographer? Yeah, not anymore. Yeah, it, well, I remember I would get my hair cut, right? And you know, they always ask you dumb questions like, I wish you could get your hair cut and they would just not talk to you. Uh, except, like, how do you want your hair cut? I tell right. you and then you shut up while I sit here and let you cut my hair. Yes, I have no problem being quiet in the chair. Absolutely. Which you would find amazing coming from me. But when I go to get my hair cut, it's first thing in the morning. I'm not awake. I have not showered. I want to go in, I want to sit down, get it done, and get out. And then it's, so, what do you do? Oh, Lord, here we go. Exactly. But so when, <laughs> when, the, uh, when the hairstylist or barber is cutting my hair and they're getting chatty, because that's their job. Is to sure, it's chatty. their job. I'm, you know. I'm just like the one guy in 50 that just doesn't care to chat you know, while they're getting a haircut. What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a photographer. Because, oh, well, that's really cool. And now, you know, X amount of years later, it's, what do you do? I'm a, uh, I'm a, my wife and I are photographers. We have a studio right over here, right down the street. Oh, really? Well, my, my cousin's a photographer. <laughs> my mom's and my a ma- photographer. My auto mechanic yeah, is a photographer. <laughs> like every, there's, there are so many more photographers right now, and I'm not j- judging whether that's a bad or a good thing. All I'm saying is one of the ways you can distinguish yourself in the market right now is to kind of come up with a unique word for what you do. Right. Bob's Transmission Service and Maternity Portraits. <laughs> 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 My auto mechanic is a photographer. Yeah. Uh, no, here's a funny thing. There's a studio right across the street from ours uh, in Orlando, and they are in a um, hair salon. And it's like a shared salon and photography studio. Okay. And Which could work out pretty good for I you, think actually. So You've that's got what I'm getting at. Hair it's right like, there. So I, I think that it might be a husband and wife team, and they right. own both businesses together. I'm not really sure. I don't know them. But um, I think that's kind of interesting. You know, it's like sometimes I feel like, you know, I feel like a photographer, you should open the gates and I'll just do any photography anybody wants to, me to do to make money. And then sometimes I really feel like you should narrow your focus and like and do just those little things. Like I don't want to hand somebody my business card and it says, you know, photographer, popcorn machine repair guy and like a bunch of other stuff. Well, let it. me say this. So we've got somebody we're going to be putting on the show. Uh, soon we were talking today. You're like, hey, have you talked to Rob Mormon? And we got to Rob Mormon because Rob very much. That's his thing. He says is that. He, I do it all. Right. So there are definitely the guys out there who want to say, yes, I'm a, I'm a jack of all trades, but you would rather be focused. I'm, an, I'm halfway in between right now. Like, I got my foot in both worlds a little bit, and I'm not really sure, you know, I know that there are successful photographers that I know on both ends of that. 
you know and when you narrow your focus you narrow your market a little bit and so you it definitely enables you to focus a lot more on a specific demographic if i'm going to do you know um you know uh, mixed media portrait art for the wealthiest people in the most beautiful homes you know i i know exactly who my client is and that's all i go after but if you're doing that and you're doing corporate events and you're doing weddings and you're doing you know there's a whole bunch of there's so many things in photography that you can do um yes you can you can get more money because you can do so many more things and you can catch more clients you can catch a wider net but it's also really hard to market a business like that yes because you're because you're spreading yourself so thin i think there's so many specialized photographers that you almost lose credibility by doing everything in certain people's eyes you know? Yes. Well, I know a lot of the uh, in, with weddings in particular that if you go online and you know every every mom and pop website in the world has the you know top ten things for looking for a wedding photographer. And one of the things that they will sometimes say is get someone who's a specialist in weddings. Right. Which you know because if you're good at headshots, you couldn't possibly you couldn't be good possibly at be good at weddings or vice versa. Yeah. You know, if you do weddings on Saturdays, then you couldn't possibly be a guy who also does headshots on Wednesday. Or corporate events, yeah, or, or a family, or family portraits, or anything else. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, but but it plays right into what you're saying. Yeah, I think that there's a there's a there's positives and negatives of both aspects of that. I think that you can lose clientele because you do too many things, like handing them that business card with it does everything. And I think that you can also you're going to lose clientele by focusing, but you're also going to be so focused that your marketing efforts are going to be a more lot effective, more, more effective, and it, easier yeah. to manage. Oh, so, yeah, absolutely easier to manage. The hardest thing in the world is putting together a website when you've got six different specialties. Absolutely. I know because my website has got weddings and portraits and my photo booth and bar mitzvahs. I've got four and I used to have websites. dance. I used to have dance on there, and I used to have you know. And I have a I have a separate website for my photo booth. I have a separate website for headshots, and I have a. But I also on my Wayne website because that's the one that gets the most traffic. You know, I have those things there too, and but it's primarily weddings. Yeah, I think that special, specializing can be really good for business. But, um, you know, like I said, we're still – our business is always evolving, and we're becoming more specialized in certain areas. But as a consumer, do you think that people go to your website if you have a website like mine? You go to my landing page, and it says headshots, weddings, portraits, commercial. And so whichever one you click on will take you directly to a separate website that just has that stuff on it. Okay. Um, but do you think that somebody would stop on that landing page and go – he does all these things. Now I want to find somebody who does only the one thing. I think that there might be, um, yeah. I mean, I know that there's other photographers, you know, teachers and stuff who, who preach that, who say that, you know, if someone's looking for a wedding photographer, you want them to come to your website and you're just a, I'm just a wedding photographer. It makes it look like, you know, this is all I do is weddings and therefore I'm a better bet. There's got to be a certain consumer that that, that could be a, 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 convi- a talking point for them to where when you meet with somebody and you can say, all we do is weddings. It's all we care about. It's all we want to do. And there's a certain consumer that will sit down with you and go, oh, yeah, well, that's comforting to them. Or all we do is family portraits. We specialize in just this one thing, and this is the whole focus of our business. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's in, every, in every aspect of business. You know, you, you get your people who say, I want some ribs. We need to go to Tony Roma's. And then you get people who go, I want some ribs. Uh, Tony Roma's Chili's is close. Chili's has ribs on their menu, too. Applebee's has ribs on their menu. Mm-hmm. And then you get the people who are like, no, if I want ribs, I'm going to a rib place. If I want steak, I'm going to a steak place. I have know? a rule about that. Okay. If you go to a restaurant that you haven't been to before, get the na- get 
the thing off the menu that's in the name of the place. Like go to Chili's and get chili? <laughs> no. Get an Applebee at Applebee's? Or, or if there's a picture of something on the sign, you know, get that, <laughs> right. get that thing. Like go to a barbecue place. If there's a pig on the sign, get the pulled get pork. Get the pig. You, yeah, know? Yeah. you know, don't get the hamburger because, I, I, you know, there's a, there's a great place in Orlando called Taco China, and it's really cool. They do like Asian tacos. So basically it's like barbecued Asian meat. So you got okay. like pork belly and barbecue beef, like Korean style bar on tacos, and they're awesome. Um, and so I, w- I was talking to my friend Johnny um, a few weeks ago, and he said, yeah, I went to Taco Chino. He's like, I got the burrito, and I wasn't really, like, blown away by it. I go, but did you get the tacos? He goes, no. I go, get the thing that's in the that's name in of the, the place. <laughs> and the you- place is called Taco Chino. <laughs> so get, get, get the thing that's in right. the name of the place. Right. And so there is that mentality uh, that you know, if if it's <laughs> I went to Bob's pulled pork, but I wasn't happy with the salad. <laughs> no, get the pulled pork. Exactly. He's yeah. like, I went to Burger Town. Yeah, and then, I got you the know, chicken sandwich. I got the chicken sandwich, <laughs> and man, it was it's not as good as everybody. No, you're said, absolutely you know? right about that. You're absolutely right about that. And yeah, does that point. mentality carry over to all other businesses? All right. I don't know. With photography, it's a very good point. You know, I've never hired a photographer. No. Well, you hired a wedding photographer. Well, to work for me as a wedding photographer. Yeah. Okay. I guess I did, and I. And she does specialize in weddings, the, the photographer that we hired. And although I don't know if that's why, I don't, I can't say rightly that that was a factor. I'm on the inside of the industry. So yeah, you can't. You, you're not a fair metric. It would be have to somebody who doesn't. Everybody they know isn't a photographer, and they go and hire somebody. I'd love to know, uh, have some kind of survey. If, if there was only some technology where we could find out what people think, <laughs> like post it on some international message board where people all over the world can right. see it is there a website like that i don't know but i don't know that we really get a satisfactory answer because if you look at any other business both things exist in every business you can think of there's department stores and then there's a store that just sells bathing suits there's sears right and then there's ace hardware and they're and both sears sells and they're tools. both doing fine right uh, well i don't know i haven't checked the uh, stock ticker but you see what i'm saying i mean no, I know and, and mean. every business you can think of be it restaurants be it retail or whatever there's the places that do everything and the places that spend Specialize, and then some people are a. I go to the place that does everything, and some people are. You know, I will say this: I have had people who have hired me as their wedding photographer say that one of the factors that moved them towards me after meeting me, aside from my charming good looks, is the idea that <laughs> once they hire me for the wedding, that I'm the last photographer they will ever have to search for because when the baby is born, they can call me for that, and when it's time for maternity, but do they can you call. shoot baby? Yeah, past client. I don't advertise it at all, but I've absolutely had um, bride and grooms who a couple years later are, are having their first baby, and they call me for a maternity shoot, and I come do it. I'd like to see some of your maternity work. It's good work. It's not bad. Uh, anyway, but my point is I've had people who have come to me because I am Sears. I mean, they like my wedding stuff, but they're also like, okay, we're starting a family. We need a family photographer who's going to be with us over the years to give us a consistent look or whatever. So we'll start with weddings, and then he will do boom, boom, boom. And I have had people tell me that that was one of the reasons they hired me. There are there are businesses on both ends of those spectrums. Um, I know that uh, like when we went to register for the when Julie was pregnant, um, we registered at Target and we registered at uh, Babies R Us. Right. And here's the interesting thing: is that more people got us gifts from Target than Babies R Us. Because they're at Target. Right. The right. people don't just go to Babies R Us. Right. You know, people That's are a special Target. trip. That's and they're a special like, hey, trip. you know what? I need to go to Target anyway. I need to get a bunch of stuff. Well, while I'm there, I'll get them something off the right. registry. Right. I don't know that that 
plays into a factor, although we do have clients that come in and do business headshots, and we're able to parlay that into family portraits, like a lot. They should just call Target the $100 store. The $100 store. Because you can't get out of Target for less than $100. Unless you're stealing stuff. Well, that's possible. True. That's yeah. a good point. But I'm just saying, you go to Target, you're spending 100 bucks At least. You can't, I don't care what you go in for. You're coming out. You're going to spend $100. Yeah. I, you know, that's probably pretty accurate, uh, unless you work there. How do you parlay headshots into family <laughs> portraits? Uh, that's a good question. You know, we'll get, uh, when we're doing professional headshots for business people, executives, they're typically they're going to be well-dressed, successful, educated people. I'm not doing headshots for the people who, you know, work, work the counter, uh, work the registers at Kmart. I'm doing— But, God, I wish you were <laughs> because those headshots— <laughs> They oh, no. would be the best. Yes. I want the, you know, the public's contract. I would like to get the contract oh, Does that drive you nuts? It drives me crazy. For those of you in other areas of the country, Publix is our grocery yes, store it's, it's in Florida. It's the Florida chain, and it everyone is. loves it. It's, uh, everyone loves Publix. You won't meet anybody who doesn't love Publix, yeah. especially from Florida. I've had friends that move out of the state that go, I'm just going to miss yeah, Publix, Publix so Publix, much. Publix. But they also have headshots of their department managers and store managers hanging in different parts of the store. So you go to the customer service register, there's always a portrait of the store manager, and they are universally awful. Yes. Well, they're the classic, classic 80s headshot. Slightly looking off camera. Blue background. But they they don't all aren't all done by the same person no. either because they all look different and they're all awful. I've not seen one where I was like, and I always check them out because I'm a headshot photographer. Right. Like, those are terrible. There's got to be a way to get to the public's corporate office <laughs> and to you. go like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the best deal ever. If you let me do the headshots of every public's manager, every department manager, I'll just do everybody's. I'll drive around the whole state. How many publics do you think there are in Florida? Oh, there's a lot. A couple of thousand. Sure. Like easily. Sure. I would. I said, I'll give me it 50 bucks a head. And I'll do every. I, I tell you what, I could, I could, I could take the rest of the year off. You could. You have to, in <laughs> fact, because there's so many publics. But you know, I would just, I would just love just, just so I don't have to. At least at my yeah. store by my house, so at least I wouldn't have to look at those terrible pictures. Well, I tell you, that, it's funny that you say well, that. Hold on, well, there was a point. Wait, where, there was a point. Huh? There was a point. Okay. And then we can move on. Hold what that. Was the what was the point? Put it on the mental chalkboard. Uh, because we find that a lot of times, remember we were talking to Jeff Shaw earlier in an earlier episode about finding your ideal client. Uh -huh. When I get people who are attorneys and doctors and that type of stuff are the ones coming for professional portraits or people who work in finance, and I do those people, I photograph them a lot. Those people are educated with disposable income. Those are my ideal portrait clients. So everybody that walks out the door gets a little card that's got family portraits on it and say, hey, you know, that's it. All you got to do is mention it to them because there isn't a single person in their 40s with kids that's married that you give that to that doesn't go, oh, yeah, we've, it's been a long time since we yeah, had a family we portrait. We really need sure. to update the family portrait. And so having their contact info, emailing them around the holidays to get them to do that, that's a huge uh, uh, potential mine for us, for our clients. It's a real easy thing to do. If you do a lot of business portraits, you could make a pretty good side amount in doing family portraits. Let's talk about what we have coming up. What do we have coming we up? We have a lot of stuff coming up. You're going to be speaking a lot of places. I'm going to be speaking a lot of places. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, where are you going to be speaking? I'm going to be, <laughs> we're both going to be speaking at state schools in June. Yes. I will be at uh, Lamar School, which is the South Carolina Association uh, School. This both the same week, too, the week of like June 8th and 9th. Yes. I'm doing a four-day program at Lamar School on wedding photography, and you are doing a two-day program at Florida School. In Daytona Beach. On wedding photography. On wedding photography. And what, what's, your, what's your focus going to be? Um, I think on the, the program, one of the things I really like is to do, um, to meet kind of people on their level. And because it's small class, you know, yeah. in a Florida school, the classes are anywhere from like 10 to 25 people. Right. So it's a real small focused group. 
and I think that the um, I really like classes where you meet people where they're at. So one of the things I got, all the people that are signed up for my class are going to be contacted ahead of time. I'm going to say, what is the thing you most want to learn? What are the things that you struggle with? And I'm going to shape my course specifically around the needs of the people that yeah, are coming I'm trying to, to do the same thing. I'm trying to, I want to get a hold of everybody who's signed up and find out what it is they really most want to learn. But what I really want to do is I want to walk them through all the things on, on wedding photography that you need to learn. And I also want to teach people some of the things that they... I, I feel people don't focus enough on, uh, you know, off-camera lighting, Stretching, posing, yeah, that kind of stuff. I, I'm, I want to teach all that stuff, but also how to light, for instance, if you when you get that wedding that's in an outdoor venue and there's no ceiling, how do you light that dance floor, <laughs> you know? How do you like difficulty? Yeah, yeah, how do you like that dance floor? I'm going to show you how to do that. Uh, I'm going to, and it's going to. Mine's a four-day program, so I mean, it's going to be the kitchen sink. I'm going to do everything from post-production to meeting with clients to. How are you going to stretch everything you know about photography into four days? I mean, I, got, it's going to be hard. Two hours be a with you, and you've got everything. I'm going to talk very slowly. <laughs> I'm going to talk very slowly, as I as I you know because really about two hours covers everything I know. I think. Yeah. Two hours? Well, yeah, maybe a stretch. Yeah, maybe a bit. I'm also going to be a platform speaker at Focus 2015. That's right. I'll be there. I won't be speaking, but I will be uh, heckling. And at the bar. Yes, I'll be heckling from the bar. It's uh, the August 29th, 30th, and 31st at the Florida Hotel in Orlando, right attached to the Florida Mall. So there's going to be lots of good shopping. And listen, if you are out of state... And you want to go do something. You can't focus. You can't. I mean, it's like you said, it's attached to the Florida Mall and it's Orlando. And you're near the theme parks. Yeah. So, and, and it does, it starts on what, Sunday? It's uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, the 29th, okay. 30th, and 31st of August. So, you come in a couple of days early or you stay a couple of days late. You do the parks and stuff. You go to the convention. You write the whole thing off. Absolutely true. That's what I love about the, the Florida convention is that you can come do the convention. And if you got uh, a spouse and kids, they can be entertained while you go to your photography thing because there are a billion things to do That's right. right there. That's right. And the write-off is going to fix it so basically the convention's free. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Plus some. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they can't argue with you because, I mean, I was at a convention. I also was at Disney World, but I was at a convention. Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely it's a good idea. So um, that's about uh, it. There's going to be some big announcements, stuff that's in the works. That big announcements. Doing. Big, 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 big announcements. Not so really much for me. Around. But for Gary. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll bring you along. I have, no, I have no big announcements whatsoever. But Gary has big, big things on the horizon. Do I think big things? Um, I know so. So uh, thank you for listening. Let's take us home, Boo Ray. All right. Don't forget you can find us online at photobombpodcast.com. You can find Gary's website at hughesforyourready.com. I'm at booreyperry.com. We are on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere that popular podcasts are sold. Please return your seat backs to the upright position, your tray tables to their correct position, and brace for impact on landing. That's it. We will see you next week. See you next time. We'll